Allow me to introduce to you Gary Matheny, author of eight books with more than 40 years full-time in God's service. He and his wife have been missionaries to Romania since 1991. He has a treasure trove of true Christian stories that will entertain you while bringing out the principles of God's Word. Hey everyone, I'm glad you're here today. We have a special uh, story, true story, entitled, There Shall Not Be Room Enough to Receive It. Uh, this is an inspiring story. Not many I can say inspiring, but this definitely is challenging, and it, and it really makes me uh, happy that I can share it with you. The Bible says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. His house is the local church. And prove me now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, that I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So today it's the local church. In his day it was the synagogue, the temple. And, and this is Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 10. And we are told by some probably well-meaning people, but very wrong, uh, and they'll say tithing is under the law. Well, that's only partially true. Tell the whole truth. There's two things they don't mention. One is tithing is before the law, Abraham and Jacob, hundreds of years before the law tithe. They don't tell you in the New Testament that Christ said, this you ought to do. Where did Jesus say that? Well, here in the Bible, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint, anise, and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Well, the things that are more important, the weightier matters, are judgment, mercy, and faith. And he was calling these Pharisees hypocrites because they were tithing little things out of their garden as though they were spiritual and forgetting the things that were more important. Listen, if we want to hold the big barbells of, of God's mercy and judgment and faith, those are far more important. But he says, don't leave the other undone. He says, you're doing this, don't stop doing it, but you need to start doing what's really more important. So yes, in the New Testament, Jesus said, don't stop tithing. And so we have a man, his name's Merle. This took place about 1989, and he's a commercial fisherman. Uh, everybody liked him and his wife. Uh, he had a great big smile, as big as, uh, as he was, and, and uh, he was just fun to be around. And uh, he, he, uh, he, he got a hold of this verse where God says, Prove me, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house, and prove me. The only place in the Bible where God says, Prove me. Find out if I'm real. God's not afraid for you to pick up this challenge. Saith the Lord of hosts, I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. There shall not be room enough to receive it. So Merle picked up that. We had had our conference. It was a stewardship conference, and it was to encourage people to give their tithes. But the main emphasis was we're trying to get a building, either build or buy a, a church building. We were renting at that time. And uh, so we were challenged. The main emphasis, let's put aside money every year so we'll have something that we can eventually get a building and we did eventually get a, our own building because of these stewardship conferences. And Merle, uh, he went home that night after the conference, and he said to the wife, well, what do you think we ought to give this year to the, to, the, to the building? 
And she said, uh, well, we could pray about it. She says, yeah, I like that idea. And, and, and she says, but I don't want to pray with you. I want to pray upstairs by myself, and you pray downstairs, because you'll say some figure out loud while you're praying and put that in my mind, and, and, and God's big enough to put a figure in my heart also, and, and this way we can confirm it. And he said, okay, okay. So they go home, she runs upstairs, and she prays, and he prays. Now, you have to know more. He said, I prayed, God, what should I do? You know, Bible says, commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. God's word says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And so he he prayed. Uh, he said, God put on my heart to give $3,000 over and above my tithe, Pastor. And and even when he told me the story later, he was smiling. It's the way this guy was. And he said, but then I thought about my wife. And, and I, I he stopped smiling. He said, I, I don't know. She might not like this. And she came downstairs right then and came right up to and put her face in his face and said, how much money do you think God wants us to give? He says, well, uh, how much do you think? No, I asked you first, how much money? And he says, well, $3,000. And she smiled. That's what he said. And Pastor, I was sure glad to see her smile. And she said, you know, that's what I think God wants us to give. And that confirmed it to him. So he tells me a story how every year to get through the winter, there's certain times of the year when he can't fish. The commercial fishermen out there in Puget Sound go fishing when the state tells them, where the state tells them. And there's certain times, certain months where they don't fish and and then when the fish aren't running. And so he, he has to have what he calls winter money. He said, I should have $12,000 to get through the winter. And this is back in 1989. And he says... Uh, I, I might be able to get by in 10, but I really need 12, $12,000. And as he told me this story, he said, you know, it, it wasn't a good year. We only, uh, I've only gotten $5,000 saved up and, and there's only a month of fishing left and please pray for me, which I did. And uh, he said, every time I put the money into what he called his winter money, he said, I always felt convicted, like God was saying, me first, you promised me. I said, now, Lord, I'm, I'm going to give you that money. Like some people save up their tithes and they don't give it, waiting for a need in the church before they give it. Hey, once the tithe, I mean, it's holy. And the Bible says, W-H-O-L-E, it's holy unto the It's completely unto the Lord. It's his. I said, now, Lord, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you that money. I just got to get my winter money, and then then I'll give you that money. You promised me. And he said, I, I'm convicted about this, and and I don't want the conviction anymore. He comes to church. He finds me, and he hands me this check for three thousand dollars, and he tells me the whole story I just told you. And he says, pray. I said, sure, Merle. As the Lord would have it. That night, he got the call. The fish are running. The state's opened it up. Get on down here. Now, they can't waste time. Once they get the call to go fishing, they run down to their boats. Their boats have to be ready. They try to be on the front line. Now, as I understand it, they fished between either two buoys or a buoy and a point on the shore. They were not allowed to cross over this sort of invisible line between the buoy and the shore, uh, or they'd get fined. So they have to get right up on the line, and they're, and they're gill netters. Now, they let down a net, and these nets have 
squares in them, and, and the only uh, the little fish just swim through it, and the bigger fish get caught in these 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 nets that they're gill netters, and so anyhow, uh, he he rushed to his boat. He wanted to get up on the front line, but he had problems with the engine that night. He had a deck can. He was getting upset. Finally, they get it out there. They race out there to where all the boats are. There's some 40 boats in his group that go salmon fishing, commercial fishermen. And he said the front line was completely taken. And he says it, it, it was worse. Not only was I behind the front line, but the, there's so many uh, of our boats in our group that I got stuck in the very middle. That's the absolute worst place to be because most of the fish run in one direction. But there are some that come in from the other side. And the goes on the outward part and sometimes catch them. But if you're in the middle, the only way you could possibly catch fish is for all the fish to swim around everybody else's net, somehow find your boat and get stuck in your net. And he said, I was, I'm sorry, Pastor, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I was angry. God forgive me. He says, I, I got in the cab, this aluminum, uh, 32-foot bow picker, he called it, with the big aluminum drum on the front that brings in the, the net. And he said, I, I, I wasn't going to go fish. I'd have gone in. I'd have gone back to shore. I was so hot. But I'd have run over somebody's net and got in trouble for that. So I just went and sat in the cabin. Lord, forgive me. I just kept banging the side of that cab. And, you know, when you're out there in the sound... Uh, Puget Sound, the, the noise of, of a bang like this heard all across the area. People were looking at me, and his deckhand came to him and he said, look, look, let's put the net down. Maybe we'll get lucky and catch enough uh, fish to pay for the fuel. He says, you do what you want. I ain't going out there. <laughs> he went out there. He put the net down in the water, and that's when it happened, the blessings of the Lord. Prove me now, herewith saith the Lord, I shall not pour you out a blessing. And he said the drum started slipping. He got out of the cab and he walked up to the front. What do you think it is? Maybe we caught a, a log. And they kept trying to bring it in. And eventually the net came up towards the surface of the water. And he said, I could see it. There was all kinds of salmon in that first set. They were flashing in the water. And he said, we brought it. Then he got excited. Preacher, and by the way, he called me 6 o'clock or 6.30 in the morning tell me the story. He says, Preacher, we caught 150 big salmon in that first set. It was unbelievable. He said, the second set, we got 75. Preacher, on the third set, we got 100 fish. Last night, two of the boats, there were several boats, but two of the boats that were up on the front line did real good. One of them had almost 450 fish for the night, and the other one peaked at 500. On Puget Sound, that's big-time fishing. You know, you know how many fish we caught? Last night, we caught 1,100 fish. I've been fishing for 20 years, and I have never caught that many fish. And I caught it in the worst. I caught them in the worst possible place you could catch the fish. They had to get around everybody's net to get in mine. And, and people are looking at us, and I'm smiling. I don't know if I was hollering out, but everybody was looking. And the boat's completely filled. And the other, the other boats start going in, and they have to unload. They have to bring them into a barge that's on the shore. And we had one more set, and we couldn't get it in. And I told the deck, let's bring it in. No, we can't. Yeah, yeah, bring it. our fish. Bring them in. He said, we can't. We're going to sink. Look, it's going down at the bow. 
and said, I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to sink the boat, of course. And he said, I didn't want to leave the, the net there in the water. It's our fit. I, I mean, listen, I'm not greedy, but God gave us those fish. And Pastor, I wanted them. So he says, they did something they never did before. Two things that night. I caught an unbelievable amount of fish in the worst place. And two, some of the other boats, they saw what was happening after they unloaded everybody else. They literally brought the barge out to me. That's never happened before. So I could unload my fish so I could bring in the last set. And then he quotes the scripture. I don't even know if he knew he was quoting it. He said, because there wasn't room enough to receive it all. Wow. You know what I was thinking? It's 630 in the morning when he's telling me this story. I was thinking, wish I could be a fisherman. God couldn't do that for a pastor, could he? How about a fry cook? Could he do it for a plumber? God couldn't do that for us, could he? Prove me. Find out if I'm real. Prove me. And see if I will not pour you out a blessing. There shall not be room enough to receive. Look it over. Malachi chapter 3, verses 10, 11. See if God will bless you. <laughs> 